0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ market site on this chilly Friday afternoon and look who's stuck around. Guy? (laughs) Well, Guy and the crew are getting ready. Here's what's coming up on the show.
1: My fellow Americans, our long national nightmare is over. That's what investors hope is the case with struggling shares of General Electric. And they might get their wish come Monday. We'll explain why. Plus,
0: Walmart's finances
1: just hit an all-time high. And there's something that suggests shares could go even higher when the company reports earnings next week. We'll break it down. And here's what shares of Roku are doing. But if you miss the move, we'll tell you how to get long for less. The action begins right now.
0: Let's get right to it because we are heading into another busy week for retail earnings. Target, Best Buy, Home Depot, Gap, and Walmart all all out with reports, but the big moves could come from the big box names. The options market implying a 4% move in either direction for Target and Walmart, a 6% move for Target. How do you play uh, these names into earnings? Let's get in the money. And Mike, you're taking a look at Walmart, which actually hit an all-time high today.
2: Yeah, I'm taking a look at Walmart. Number one, because it hit an all-time high. Number two, because the thing's trading 20 times earnings. And this is really the haves and have-nots in retail. isn't it? And the final thing is what you just talked about, which is the relatively high implied move. So this thing implying a move of just under 4%, normally uh, a good deal lower than that, about 2.3, 2.4% is what we would normally expect. I think we can take advantage of the fact that people do feel like there could be a little bit more of a move, because I actually don't think it's going to be a huge surprise, most likely. So we're going to look to try to sell some of that near-dated premium. I think the best way we can do this is looking at a calendar spread. I was specifically looking at the November-January 92.5 call spread. You could spend $2.50 to buy the January 92.5 calls, sell those Novembers at $1.10 against it, so you're going to spend just $1.40 to do that trade. This is going to obviously make some money if the stock does drift a little bit higher up to the strike you long or even a little bit through it. Otherwise, that shorter-dated call will roll off, and you're going to own that other call, you know, for a relatively low price. And that's a nice way, I think, to maintain a long position in a name that's had really quite a run. Yeah, it has quite a run.
3: uh, You know, really in the last month or so. If you think about it, it was consolidating pretty well. It's definitely outperforming the rest of retail, especially most of the big box guys. So, you know, my view is into an event like this, when you have a stock um, trading at an all-time high after such a sharp rally in such a short period of time, it makes sense to define your risk. So I like the idea of a call spread here, because if you are wrong, you're risking a little more than 1% of the stock price, um, especially at a time where, you know, a lot of retail acts very poorly. You're picking on or you're, you're choosing one that
2: actually is a leader, X. Amazon and even ones that have done okay lately so target obviously bad on the year but a little bit better lately Trades at a big discount to where Walmart is. So they're getting a lot of credit, basically, for, you know, trying to go into the online space, despite the fact the company still has a big bricks-and-mortar presence, a million employees. So they still have that
4: legacy problem. I stuck around. I know. Oh, hey, hey, hey. They tried to
0: remove you forcibly from the set,
4: but the chair wouldn't roll. Oh, well, it's your loss or my gain or something (laughs) like that. So, look, can we talk about Walmart real quick? Because you mentioned all-time high today. Yeah, you know what? It also traded up to levels that it failed at the end of 2014 beginning of 2015 and if you recall because i do you saw a pretty precipitous drop all throughout the year not to suggest we're on the precipice of that but just look what happened then why do i mention it because walmart does trade at a premium walmart's had a huge move over the last six weeks and target trades at a discount i would submit and we've said this on july 13th when when you were sitting in the middle at 6:32 in the morning i was on your right target oh, wow. came out and pre-announced the upside and i said at 52 bucks there's something going on here. I think that stock goes higher, trading 61 today. So what does it mean? You stay with Target, take money off the table in Walmart.
0: i got a question about letting it go through January. I mean, do we get any sort of indication from Walmart about holiday sales that could actually be an, another opportunity for the stock to move? Well,
2: are we going well, to get an example from Walmart specifically or from retail generally? And, yes, you definitely do get mm-hmm. clues on what's going on in retail before the January expiration date of this option. We are going to see retail sales numbers a couple of times between now and then. And, obviously, we're going to get a lot of boots on the ground analysis as well, which I think is going to give us some flavor on uh, how it's Just going.
3: one thing on the actual trade structure. I mean, the idea of a call calendar, he's selling that near-dated premium and then he's long the Jan. And so a lot of times, the way I think of it, if this stock were to move up just a little bit or just stay around here, that sort of thing, then he ends up financing owning that Jan um, call, which actually may be a great time to own it, especially after this big run if it's going to consolidate a little bit. So to me, this is a smart options trade after that big move. Yeah, there's two
2: things you could do after this November expiration rolls off. So for one, you could, if it rolls up, if it goes up enough, you you can sell a higher strike January call against it. And if it does trade sideways or slightly lower, you could look to sell the Decembers against it to continue to try to finance that trade through January.
0: So let's broaden this out. And since you're here, Guy, and you're sort of the straddle between mm. options, well, action, and to be, money.
4: But let me just say, I well, think this is like my seventh or eighth time on this show. So in my so world, I'm like a regular. Pardon um. me? Yeah, who's yeah. counting? Yeah, I am. Anyway,
0: <laughs> of these big box retailers, yes. which one would you like the most into earnings?
4: Into, earn, into earnings Target, TGT. I think they told you something in July. They were clearly behind the eight ball for, I would say, eight to 12 months behind Walmart. But I think they finally got their act together. And on valuation, Target makes sense. We talked about JWN a few days ago Nordstrom. on the show, Fast Money, that airs from 5 to 6 Monday through Thursday, 5 to 5.30 on Friday. Dan stopped making faces at me. And we talked about how potential for a double bottom, huge short interest, look for a pop. And you got about a 5% pop. I think there's more room to the Upside there.
0: Do you like Target too?
2: Uh, I do like Look, it's trading 13 and a half times Lots earnings, so it has a much yeah. better, you know, your, your room for error in that name is obviously a lot better. And they do occupy a similar space. I think, you know, the issue Walmart is getting a lot of credit doing things, although I don't know that that's translating in terms of magnitude. It's a really big ship, so they obviously have to do a lot of things right. And so I do think Target is kind of compelling at the discount that it trades to its peer.
0: All right, now let's move on to General Electric. The stock getting a boost today ahead of its investor day on Monday. Despite today's rally, shares are still down 35 percent this year, shedding $99 billion in market cap. And that's put the state of the stock's dividend into question. So will they announce a cut? Morgan Brennan's in the newsroom with a look at what we can expect. Morgan.
5: Hey, Melissa. Well, that is the biggest question on Wall Street, and that's the one they want answered. Will GE cut the dividend? CEO John Flannery himself called the cash flow, quote, horrible after last month's earnings. So the expectation increasingly that it will. Now, to put that potential potential scenario in perspective, the last time GE cut was 2009. That was during the recession. The only other time since 1899 when it started paying out a dividend, 1939 the Great Depression. So this would be a big deal. But the other big topics, there's a number of them that uh, everyone's looking for answers to. Flannery's looking to cut $3 billion in costs through 2018. Will that target get more aggressive, especially as more layoffs seem to be coming? For example, according to Reuters just today, now layoffs in GE Digital. Other questions, what will comprise Flannery's pledged $20 billion in divestiture, transportation, healthcare, lighting, Baker Hughes, these are some of the companies that have been tossed around uh, in speculation, especially since GE does have a hefty debt load to counter. Lastly, in light of all of this, what's the new profit guidance? GE still technically has a $2 per share target for 2018. It's outdated. Analysts have disregarded that for months now. The current consensus on the street? $1.14 $1. 14 per share for 2018. So there is a lot on tap from Flannery, as well as the new CFO, Jamie Miller, and the CEOs of Aviation and Power. All of this is going to start at 9 a.m. Eastern on Monday. Meantime, if you take a look at shares of GE, they actually did close this week higher. They rallied today, but they are still down about 20 percent since Flannery announced this event back in late July. That was right before he took the helm as CEO. Melissa?
0: All right, Morgan, thank you. Morgan Brennan in the newsroom. So Dan is actually making a contrarian call on GE into the event. So why don't you head head over to the plasma? I will head over to the plasma. So
3: here's the thing. You know, Morgan Brennan just did a really nice job describing (laughs) (laughs) what went on uh, or what has been going on with GE. It's massively underperformed the market. It's massively underperformed its industrial peers um, over the last couple years here. And then all of a sudden, things have gotten really confusing. There's obviously been some management changes. There's obviously um, been a lot of uncertainty about what that earnings power is going to be and what this company is, this big conglomerate. How do you value all these different um, pieces of it? So to me, I think November 13th, that's Monday, you have this event. John Flannery seems to be the right guy to kind of rewrite this ship a little bit here. But it could be a little messy in the, uh, in the near term. And that's why I think it makes sense to actually be contrarian, using options to your risk. Here's a five-year chart of GE. Um, You know, it's a pretty much a disaster here. But one thing I think is really interesting. This was the flash crash back in August 2015. Look where this stock seemed to have at least stopped for now. It's consolidated a little bit over the last week here as investors start to kind of think about what could come out at this meeting uh, next week. Um, I just want to kind of flash forward to the one year chart. Okay, so this is that 35 percent drop that we've kind of described. This is in a a year where the S&P 500 is up 15 percent. This is kind of what I want to focus on right here. When all that earnings were coming out in Q3 and the guide down here, the stock was about 24. It went right down to 20. It's consolidated a little bit. So to me, I think it makes sense to target, uh, looking out a couple months, but target some sort of bottom coming in this stock and getting back to that $24 level where it just broke down. Here's one point, though. This is implied volatility, the price of options. It's been moving higher as the stock's been moving lower. There's a lot of uncertainty here. here. So Here's the thing. Buying premium, long premium, buying calls is an expensive way to do it. So I think you want to sell something against it. So today, when the stock was trading at 2050, I wanted to look out to January expiration. um, And I wanted just to buy a vertical call spread. I wanted just to find my risk to the premium I'm spending. So today, when the stock was 2050, you could buy the January 2024 call spread, paying $1.10 for that. I'm buying one of the January 20 calls for dollar. Uh, 25. I'm selling one of the January 24 calls at 15 cents. My max risk is $1.10. I start making money above 21.10, dollars and I can make up to $2.90 at $24. I think that's a pretty good level to target in the near term. One other reason why I'm looking at the January expiration is, again, it's going to be a little messy between now and the end of the year as far as what investors get comfortable about um, with this company, the future direction of it. But it's also down 35% of the year, the worst performing stock in the Dow. Maybe we see some new year action with a little dogs of the Dow action. So To me, I like the risk-reward of this trade. It's already 50 cents in the money, and then I basically have the potential to make close to three times what I'm risking.
0: All right. So, Mike, I guess there are a couple of questions asked. First, do you like Dan's trade in light of what he believes about GE, that the stock is near bottom? And do you believe that the stock is near bottom?
2: Uh, Well, first of all, I I mean, I definitely think the new management team and the changes they're making are, are the right track. This is one of those situations, though, with well, this company's got to make a lot of changes, right? So these, these problems are not going to be easy to fix. It's not going to be quick to fix them. Some of the businesses they're talking about selling and spinning off, you know, basically like the locomotive business is just one example. It's not that easy. So if you are inclined to make the contrarian bet, you, this is definitely the way you're going to want to do it. I mean, look, you're, you're risking less than, I think, 5% of the stock price right here. It could easily move that much. You know, Morgan was talking about the high debt level that the company has, just shy of $140 billion in debt. The higher the debt level is, the more volatile the equity becomes, all else equal. So, again, as the stock price has dropped, options premiums haven't come down
4: quite enough I, you know, to go along with that. So I really do think this is, you know, this is the way to play it. Guy? It's game on on Monday. Monday is the 13th. Monday is General Electric Investor meeting. We're yeah. going to learn a lot more, I think. And we've seen in the last couple months – Company reports earnings two weeks later, they speak at a meeting, and they say something totally out of the blue. I mean, we can rattle yeah. off the companies, maybe sell gene being, uh, the, but I digress point being you 're going to know a lot more this time on Monday. I hear what Dan is saying, but you have to ask the following question: What is the right multiple for General Electric, a company with basically no earnings growth as compared to a honeywell that 's going to grow anywhere from eleven to thirteen percent? Should they be trading at the same multiple? I've said no for quite some time, and you see the outperformance of Honeywell. At a certain point, you're going to find equilibrium GE. I just don't think it's 20 bucks Now, I think Dan is giving himself time, which makes a lot of sense. But in the here and now, as Dan said and as Mike just said, there's going to be some murky waters. Yeah,
3: just real quickly That's you know, right. on the event, um, you know, you're either going to get a capitulation where they cut the dividend they, everything sounds like nasty and you're going to see a stock in the, in the high teens, or the thing's going to continue to solidify here and you're going to like these sorts of trade structures playing for a move back to the mid-20s. So to me, I like the risk-reward of this trade.
0: Alright, for everything Options Action check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter. It is what Guy reads every night before bed. Damn so what are you waiting for? Here's what's coming up next.
1: Roku shares are running wild, but if you miss the move, we'll show you how to get long for less. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns.
0: Welcome back to Options Action. Check out shares of Roku skyrocketing this week after blowout earnings. The stock is up nearly 150 percent since its public debut in September, making it one of the best performing tech IPOs of the year. So if you want to get in on this rally, how can you do it for less? Mike's at the plasma with the call to action. Mike.
2: Hi there. So it can be awfully challenging to run out and buy a stock right after it's had such a sharp rise like this one has. So we're going to take a look at a way we can do this. Selling a put, first of all, the stock has obviously risen very sharply. We'd like to buy it at a price lower than that. Secondly, because the stock is moving around so sharply and because it's a recent IPO, the options are extremely expensive. We want to take advantage of that. The other thing we're going to try to do, because we saw how big this move was this time, is we're going to try to avoid the next earnings because we probably are going to see another big, sharp move. And here we can take a look at how big this move was. We may get a move as large as this one when we look at the next ring. So what what are we looking at? We're just going to look out to January. And when I was looking at this today, you could sell the January 35 put for $6. In fact, it closes with a seven bid. So you could actually sell that for $7 at this point. What does that mean? Well, it means that you could be forced to buy the stock at $35, but net of the seven you collect, your purchase price is going to be just $28, which happens to correspond with the not updated analyst target prices for this stock. So this is a way that you can try to get in at slightly lower level than where it's currently trading.
0: What do you think of Mike's trade, Dan?
2: And then do I get to comment on Roku?
0: Yes.
3: Okay. The trade, I think, makes total sense. And so we've looked at these situations over the years when we have these uh, small floats, these new issues, they're high short interest, and then you have this opportunity to sell a put to effectively get – uh, involved much much lower levels, worst case scenario between now and January is that this strike goes way through the difference between the strike and the premium in which you sold, and then you are losing money but i don 't think that 's likely to happen. The next opportunity for that to happen would be some sort of um, competitive announcement, and that 's where I want to talk about Roku. Or, you know, some types of earnings miss or something like that, which is probably going to happen after January expiration. But to me,
2: this seems like a good way to take in some premium over the next couple months. The worst thing that can happen to you if you do this trade is you're going to own the stock at $28, a pretty big discount to where it closed today, just under $34. And obviously, I think a lot of people are looking at this. Look, you know, one of the things the company said, I happen to agree, we're all going to be streaming, right? So they do have a huge secular tailwind. I mean, the valuation... We can't talk about valuation guy, in a company guy, like this. You know what this I mean? Remind you well, of when
3: the well, well, no, when the
2: Fitbit and the GoPro
3: came public. Remember, and, and
2: then the, the CEOs told
3: well, when us when I that to everyone's going to be using health bands and everyone's going to be you know right. GoProing this and that. It seems kind of similar. Don't you it think? does seem similar. Where are your GoPros and your Fitbits right now?
4: In my in my in drawer. drawer, yeah. drawer yeah. And where's your which Roku? Which is hard to say. <laughs> Active accounts for Roku: 16.7 million. There were, I think, 11.3 million or so last year at the same time. That's pretty significant growth. So I get it. They're doing something right. This is a deep end of the pool trade, folks, as all the people that watch OA understand. But to Mike's point, everybody that came out on the analyst front initiated on October 22nd or something, all with anywhere from $22 to $28 price targets. I think Mahane's, you remember him? I think he was 28. They're all going to have to ratchet it up. So the level that you're going to wind up being long the stock, worst case... Probably not the worst thing. Or, or maybe thing in the world. they do. You, don't ratchet do you, it do not, when do you, you look subscribe snap, to Roku? All, all, do you? No. The, of of all not. the I, are I just I'm
2: telling you, I, I will bet you that six six months from now, you probably will be subscribed oh, to Along with a lot more people. Oh, What do you mean? We'll keep <laughs> <all> the <right. laughs> tape.
0: Still ahead. Shares of General Motors have been in reverse, falling 9% since its high just a few weeks ago. But that's good news for our friend Dan. We will explain why. Plus, got a question. Send us a tweet. If it's nice, one of the traders will answer it later in the show. Much more options action right after this. welcome back to options action time to take a look back on some of our open trades last week Mike made a bearish bet on snap into earnings
2: this is not a very good-looking picture to me and I think one of the fundamental reasons for that is that they're competing with Facebook you know Facebook was one of the names that actually did well as the earnings progressed because the company was doing well I think they're gonna have a much harder time what I'm looking to do is sell those very expensive November 10 weekly 14 puts I could collect about 65 cents for those and then use those proceeds to help finance the purchase of the same strike, the January 14 puts for a dollar ten.
0: Well, the stock fell more than 16 percent this week, so Mike got the direction right on the trade. Uh, wrong structure, though. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, so we paid 45 cents today. Closed that the short one went off. The trade was made 75 cents over 45, so 30 cent profit. Not that big. Obviously, the magnitude was even bigger than the. Bearish move that I had anticipated. You can roll that position though out to a to a basically the same strike, a little longer date. Right,
0: now to GM. Last month, Dan said it was time to pump the brakes on the stock.
2: To me,
3: I just think it's gone a little too far, too fast here, because a lot of the stuff that this company needs to transition to do is going to take some time. When you think about it from an earnings standpoint, I mean, earnings are expected to decline next year, year over year. So this is a very cyclical story. There's obviously some huge secular um, headwinds. When the stock was trading 44.80 today, you could buy the November 44.40 put spread, paying 80 cents for that.
0: Since the time of the trade, the stock actually rallied to a new high, but then fell. So what do you do now, Dan?
3: Yeah, so you have one week to expiration. The stock is down $2. Um, The trade is probably up about 50% in premium terms. At one point, it was a double this week. That's when I probably would have looked to have taken it off because the risk reward isn't so hot there, playing for another dollar and a half down to that short 40 strike. So to me, I think you probably take profits early next week in this one and you move on.
0: What happened to GMG?
4: I think there's a chance to trades to 40. This is a stock that went from 35 to 45 in basically a month. In, in trader parlance, there's something called a back and fill. Why are you shaking your head? It's funny. It's 50 nice it all, 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 all show, it's all, it's all show, all funny. Get him on camera doing that. It's me. The 50 percent retracement of that move is 40 bucks. I think GM will print, and that's 40 what I was going for. Thank you. Right. Thank you.
0: Up next, your tweets and the final call from the options pits. Welcome back to Options Action, time to take your tweets. Our first fan, Ian, asks, what is the best way to play the rumored acquisition of Mattel by Hasbro? Mike.
2: You know, the most classic trade in options for this is the buy right. You buy the stock, you sell the calls at the strike where you think that acquisition is going to take place. That's the way the risk garb guys play it.
0: All right. Time for the final trade. Final call, excuse me. Last one from the options bits. Mike.
2: Rather than buying Roku the stock, sell that January 35 put for seven bucks.
3: Yeah, so GE. I mean, obviously, it's a little dicey here. I think you could have the stock back towards 18 if the news isn't fantastic, but you have some time to play it out. So I like Contrarian plays long January
0: calls. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us me. On options actually Oh yeah,
4: joy for me to be here. Can matter. I give you a little history lesson okay. quickly? On the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month.